Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Parenting Aces radio show on Blog Talk Radio's UR Tennis Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and a big thank you goes out to our presenting sponsor, TennisBalls.com. We appreciate them so much for investing in the Parenting Aces radio show and investing in junior and college tennis. If you haven't had a chance to check them out yet, please do. It's 10SBALLS tennisballs.com. So please check them out for all the latest news on professional tennis, both in the U.S. and globally. They do report a little bit on junior tennis, a little bit on college tennis, but their focus is mostly on the professional game, but they do some great, great stories. So again, thank you, tennisballs.com, for sponsoring us. For today, we have a guest that I have been trying to get on the show for a little while now, and I'm so excited he finally has the time to chat with us. Clay Thompson played college tennis for UCLA for four years, but before that, he was a top junior, top recruit, and has since gone on to play professionally with some hiccups in uh, in the mix, but He has got such a great story, and Clay is one of these guys. I met him when he was playing at UCLA, and we've had opportunities to chat on numerous occasions, and the more I've gotten to talk to him, the better I've gotten to know him, the more I have wanted him to share his story with my Parenting Aces community, so I'm just thrilled that he had the time to be with us today. It's early for him. Clay's on the West Coast, but we so appreciate him taking time to be with us. So without any further delay, let me get Clay on the air, and we will get going. Clay, good morning. Thank you for joining us, and I'm so excited you're here. Good morning to you. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here, and um, you know, I really appreciate what you do for all fans and your audience members um, that listen in. So, you know, it's all about supporting the community of tennis, and I'm all about that. So thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. So I gave a little bit of background on you. You grew up in the L.A. area. You, You went to high school in L.A. You went to college in L.A., but you're a pretty worldly guy. So do you want to just start off by talking a little bit about your junior tennis journey um, how you got started playing, and what your family's relationship to your tennis has been. Yeah, I mean, uh, my dad is the one that originally kind of got me into playing tennis. Uh, he was a recreational player, and he picked it up in his 30s. Um, and, you know, he kind of fell in love with the game like a lot of people do. And he's the one that kind of, you know, got me, you know, into the game and motivated to play and, you know, kind of taught me the fun behind it. So he kind of, you know, got me playing when I was, you know, around four or five, six, that age, just, you know, casually. And one thing led to another. And, you know, before you know it, we were traveling up and down the coast of Southern California and, you know, all over the nation to play these junior tournaments and kind of just part of that whole circus. And, uh, you know, I really, really enjoyed that time. Um, it's, it's quite a commitment for kid and parents and, you know, everyone involved with the, you know, with the sport at that age to, you know, to clear your weekends and just kind of, you know, go, go spend your days at these tournaments and, you know, they can, you know, you play two matches a day, one single or two singles, one doubles, and, you know, you can really end up spending your, you know, you end up looking where your weekend went and you're kind of like, okay. So, you know, that it's really a, you know, it's really a cool thing because it gives you so much responsibility as a kid and it really gives you kind of a sense of, you know, competitiveness and a sense of, you know, just really duty at that age. But at the same time, you know, it really, it's, it is such a commitment that, you know, it can, uh, it can definitely be a burden on both the kids and the players, but, you know, as long as you kind of take it in stride and really enjoy what you're doing, and you know, it's it's a really cool opportunity. So, you know, we I didn't you know play any of the ITF tournaments necessarily. I played the local ones, Carson, Easter Bowl, Claremont, you know, the Grade Four. But I didn't do too much you know international traveling because I wanted to stay in you know a private high school and you know, really you know education was a a huge value for me. So I didn't really want to sacrifice that in order to kind of do this thing where you go on the road 
and basically live the professional lifestyles, you know, since you're like 13, 14, which is what a lot of the kids are doing nowadays. And, uh, you know, if you, if, if you feel like you're ready for it and mature enough to do it at that age, you know, all, I'm all for it, like go for it. But for me, I didn't feel like I was quite, you know, ready for that grind. And I did want to stay with my friends and my family and not really give that up at that age. So I decided to, uh, you know, rather play the local, you know, Southern California tournaments, national opens, you know, level one through threes kind of. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, let my, let my path be a little bit more natural and organic, which eventually led me to, you know, being, you know, number three recruit in the nation and going to UCLA and playing under Billy Martin, which was another just incredible experience really, um, to be a, you know, part of that institution and a part of college tennis, which I think is such a, you know, such a great sport, such a great community, um, you know, in such an individual sport to kind of create that team atmosphere and that camaraderie, which is just important to the game and something that I feel kind of, you know, is lacking a little bit on the uh, junior and pro circuit. For sure. At what point did you know you wanted to play college tennis? Hmm. I'm not sure if it was ever like a, like I I want to play college tennis thing more than it was just like, I really fell in love with the game and, you know, I wanted to keep playing the game and, you know, I had these dreams of going professional and I had these dreams of, you know, playing all these tournaments or whatever. And it just kind of seemed like college was the natural progression of things. Um, you know, when I was in, you know, eighth and ninth grade and starting, that's kind of when I started to take tennis really seriously, you know, 14, and under probably is, you know, that's, you know, when you kind of start to say, okay, you know, we're going to travel to these tournaments. I'm going to play this schedule kind of laid it out, you know, as, as professionally as I could, you know, for a junior. And um, at that point I kind of, you know, I was thinking, okay, do I want to go pro? You know, I had, I didn't really have that much experience in college tennis at that age. Um, and, you know, obviously I was doing pretty well in the juniors at that point. So, I did want to keep things going and, you know, some of my coaches at the time were like, okay, let's, you know, maybe look into going to school for, you know, a semester, you know, a year, a season, you know, kind of like a short thing and then go out on the tour after that. And, you know, when you're 14, you're, you know, wide eyed and, you know, ready to, ready to take on the world. So I was like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. You know, it's a season of college tennis and then pro tennis. Like that's the dream right there. And, uh, you know, I think when I got a little bit older, probably 15, you know, 10th grade, almost into 11th grade, I was like, okay, you know, obviously I still really love tennis and I want to keep competing, but, and pro tennis is still definitely in my, my realm of possibility, but, you know, there's, there's so much out there that, you know, I could be missing out on if I, if I decide to take that role. So, you know, I kind of made the decision that I wanted to stay in high school, kind of finish that whole thing out with my friends, you know, graduate with my class, which was really important to me. And then, you know, when I decided that I wanted to not leave high school early, I was like, well, let's look at, you know, a four-year college. Let's look at, you know, one of these institutions that will kind of, you know, raise me as an athlete, but also, you know, as an academic and, and give me the necessary life experiences that, you know, I want to, I want to get out of that. So, you know, it kind of seemed natural. I took, you know, couple of recruiting visits, um, you know, Georgia, Duke, UCLA, you know, kind of looking at those schools a lot, Stanford. Um, and it kind of just seemed natural to me because I was, you know, so committed to tennis um, that, you know, to stay in LA and kind of keep my, my coaching base and my training base that I already had here and, you know, really not have to go through that, you know, that transition, that adapting period that, I would have had to gone through if I had gone to somewhere like Duke, you know, gone across the country, had to take, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, to, to go right into something like that and also, you know, try and keep your body in elite shape and, you know, get used to you know, new classes. So, you know, that whole adaption period kind of, you know, we decided would be, you know, possibly a little off putting. So we just decided to stay in LA and uh, couldn't be happier with my choice. How involved were your parents in that decision to go the college route, stay in Los Angeles, play at UCLA? How involved were your junior coaches in that decision? 
Uh, very involved, all of them, you know, and I think that's, that's very important, uh, you know, for a player is, you know, it, it's an individual sport. You have to make your own decisions for sure. But, you know, this, your support team really does everything, you know, that's like, it's just such an integral part. I mean, you see all these, all these pros talking about it now, Djokovic, Murray, all those guys, but it's the same thing as a junior tennis player. I mean, you have to, you know, you're the CEO, you have to make your own decisions, but you have a board, you know, an advisory of people that, they that are a lot wiser than you most of the time so you got to be able to you know take their take their advice and you know they definitely cautioned me against that transition period that I was talking about and they said you know this you know if you do want to be a pro you know to stay you know in this community might be might be really good for you and so I took that mm-hmm. advice to heart and uh you know my my you know coach while I was at UCLA, not Billy or Grant, but, you know, kind of my, my individual coach that had been coaching me throughout high school, you know, stayed with me and would come to all my matches. And, you know, that, that's really cool. And to kind of keep that, those relationships going that, that you've made through tennis. Um, and just, you know, just to be in, just to be an LA guy playing in LA. I mean, I was able to have a lot of, you know, friends, family, you know, different coaches throughout the years, trainers, that kind of thing, just, you know, able to come to my matches and keep supporting me, which was really great because, you know, it, it is easy, as any kid can tell you, it's easy to, you know, get into college and then, you know, go there and kind of lose your way a little bit and maybe wake up after two or three years and you're kind of like, oh, well, what happened? Um, and, you know, that's great. But, you know, I think it, it, it does help if you can, you know, just kind of make things a little bit easier on you. Cause it is, it's such a big transition to go from high school to college. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a big time in your life. So to, to make the transition as smooth as possible is really important. And I think that a huge reason why I did have the college success that I had both academically and on the court. To look at you, you know, your physical being, you present as the prototypical tennis player you're tall you're muscular but you're you're lean were you always that build or was there ever a point coming up through the juniors or maybe early in college um where you didn't have those advantages at your disposal or were there any other kind of um pitfalls that you ran up against and and i'm asking because especially for boys most boys tend to go through a period of time where, you know, they haven't hit puberty yet. Maybe they're coming up against the bigger guys and, uh, you know, their prepubescent physicality isn't competitive with the bigger, older guys. Was that ever an issue for you or, or were you always the tall, strong one? <laughs> no, I definitely went through a very awkward phase. Uh, <laughs> I, when I was probably, I hit my growth spurt. I guess when I was like 12, 13, like in elementary school from like, you know, first to fifth grade, I was like, I remember in fifth grade, I was five one. So you figure, you know, that's pretty tall, but it's not like, you know, massive yet really. And obviously I was extremely like skinny and kind of uncoordinated and just weird at that age and, uh, shy, all that, all that, all the above. And, uh, I probably hit my growth sport like in six, you know, towards the end of sixth grade, seventh grade, which would probably be about 12, 13. And I remember <clears throat> when I was going through that, you know, like my legs were very wobbly, you know, my knees would sometimes give out that kind of thing. And, you know, I think that was a really important time for me when I was kind of like, you know, okay, like I'm extremely uncomfortable in this growing body right now. Like, you know, obviously, I want to make it an athletic body, but it's going to take a little bit of time and, you know, to kind of not rush things at that age to kind of, you know, understand that, you know, I was going through this, this growth spurt and, you know, hopefully we'd be able to make, you know, a well-oiled machine down the road. But, you know, if you really hit it too hard at that age or you know, are playing tournaments nonstop, you know, you just don't, you don't give yourself a chance to really adapt to your body and you're kind of just, you know, punishing it day after day after day because tennis is brutal. I mean, playing, you know, two hours a day, even on just concrete surface every single day. I mean, that's, it's not the great, it's not the greatest thing you could ever do for your body. So you have to kind of understand that and, you know, 
structure your you know your life your life in in a way that can you know promote you know some sort of well-being with that body you have to be kind of smart about it so i think during that time i you know i practiced a little bit less you know i wasn't doing any weights or anything at that age you know my mom was a uh, chiro- practicing chiropractor at that point in my life so she you know whenever I would allow her to, would get me up on the table and kind of, you know, stretch me out, make sure everything was in alignment. So that definitely helped. But, you know, throughout my entire career, I've, I've really been injured, you know, once. And that was, you know, a very minor back thing at UCLA. And, you know, that was a, a great experience for me because it kind of put things in perspective. But before that, I mean, even though I wasn't extremely conscious about it, you know, I, I understood, you know, the the value of you know of pacing yourself of not overworking yourself of you know kind of making a schedule that you know like I said before allows you to you know build muscle but also not you know not overdo things and you know in this in this day and age when you just saw you know Federer at 35 years old when is when is another Grand Slam title it's you know it's it's just it's so important to to put that value on your body and that longevity because tennis is a lifelong sport and you know it's, it, the goal is to be playing you know when you're 70 80 I and mean, hopefully after uh, after a successful career and uh in order to do that you need to be smart about these things so i think you know like i said that's definitely a huge uh proponent to my success is knowing you know how to pace yourself and kind of go through those awkward stages but, uh, you know, right. I didn't really do any serious weight sessions or any, you know, serious, serious training until I got to be about 17, 18 and really felt like I was in control of myself. And, uh, you know, obviously still had pretty good success. Maybe, you know, did I miss out on, I don't know, being uh, being a little bit more ripped when I was, you know, 18 or, you know, being a little bit faster when I was a freshman in college, you know, maybe, but today to, to be able to still, you know, be playing tennis at the highest level and be totally injury free. You know, it's, I think that's definitely well worth it. Absolutely. So let's talk about what's going on today. You graduated from UCLA two years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Almost three years ago, 2014. Yeah. Almost three years ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you went out on the tour and then all of a sudden you weren't on the tour anymore. So can you talk a little bit about um, what you've been doing since graduation and maybe um, talk a little bit about the degree that you earned from UCLA and, you know, what what you've been doing this last two and a half years? Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, pro tennis has always definitely been something that I wanted to pursue, even though I took, you know, a little bit more of a you know well-rounded path. I didn't put all my eggs in the basket. Um, so as soon as I graduated, you know, I was number one in the country my senior year. Ended up being number two behind Marcus Jerome. And uh, you know, I kind of I was like, okay, like you know, I got my degree, everything's cool. Like it's time to you know give this a shot. And I spent two, you know, the first six months right after graduation, kind of you know doing a little what I like to call trial period. You know how does the pro tour work? What exactly am I going to have to put into this? What can I expect to get back? And, you know, I kind of, I got some, some decent sponsorship money out of school because I did do well in college. Um, So I was able to basically fund myself for that trial period for six months. Um, So I played, you know, I got the pleasure of playing the Newport Hall of Fame tournament uh, on grass, which was one of the best experiences in my life so far. And I played, you know, a pretty, like three or four challengers in a row. And then I went down to some futures, uh, ended the year playing in, you know, Mexico and these, in these two futures down there in Merida. And so then I came back, uh, I believe it was like second week in December. And, you know, I kind of just put everything in perspective. I was like, you know, this is how much I spent. This is, you know, how much time I committed to everything. This is, you know, what I felt I did right. This is what I felt I did wrong. And I kind of spent the next three months from, you know, January to March creating a really well thought out business plan, um, you know, and just, you know, everything that goes with that. And so once I was kind of happy with, you know, my creation of that and kind of, you know, I had this vision for how I would, how I would go forward. 
I, uh, you know, started shopping the plan around to different investors, different sponsors, companies, and, uh, you know, got some, got some good feedback. Uh, you know, it definitely got turned away by a few people, but also a lot of people welcomed it with open arms because, you know, there are a lot of tennis fans out there and, you know, this, this American tennis thing, this lack of a, you know, a real driving force behind American tennis, it motivates a lot of people. So, you know, I did, I got some good responses and I was able to kind of, you know, muster up a, a good chunk of money to, to play for, you know, basically, basically a year. It ended up being 14 months. Um, you know, we started in June of 2015 and then that you know at that point I was traveling with my longtime coach who I had mentioned earlier uh, was supporting me at UCLA and we you know started at a future in Mexico a 10k you know as rough as you can get and won it and just kind of had a great summer together you know we played and probably let me three or four more second. features and then when yeah go ahead I was going to say, so you went to this 10K in Mexico, you won it. Um, just so my listeners understand, a 10K tournament means that's the total prize money available to all the players. So as the winner, what did your check look like? It wasn't 10000 It was definitely not 10000 Um I think it was 1392 So, uh, and, you know, definitely not big money, but they, they gave me a big check and uh, – you know, we, me and my coach were kind of celebrating and, you know, joking around. We're, like, holding this big check for $1,300, and we're like, yeah, first pro title. We did it. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's there's no money in, in that level of tennis, really. Um, you know, you can go play a prize money tournament around, you know, around your home and probably make more than that. But, you know, it's, it's cool to say that you've won a professional tennis tournament, and, uh, you know, it's, it's an it's an experience and you know to to go down there with the goal of you know of winning it and to to win it and a lot of times these these tournaments i mean they are not not glorious that's for sure not glamorous um you know the they got some ball kids that have no idea what they're doing or are just volunteers from you know somewhere um they have umpires who you know do the best they can but to be one umpire with you know these men who are crushing the ball and uh, you know, gonna ready to scream at you on a moment's notice if they think you you messed up. It's not, not a not an easy job, a very thankless job. So, you know, if there's any umpires right now listening, I appreciate what you do. <laughs> it's, it's a tough <laughs> job. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the balls there's they change balls at like 13 or 11 and 13 games. So you know, it's just like a junior tennis tournament basically. So uh, you know all. All you parents that take your kids to level five, you know, designateds or whatever they are, you know, you can kind of picture that on the pro scene and with people that are trying to, you know, that are really trying to get that money in those points. I mean, it's super competitive. So, anyway. And, um, and what was your ranking yeah, so at we, that point? Well, I came out of school ranked like 2,000, I think. Um because I had played some tournaments, like I got a wild card to, you know, Dallas Challenger my senior year, ended up losing to Steve Johnson, 7-5 in the third. Uh, I got a wild card to Indian Wells, lost to Bobby Reynolds, 7-6, 7-6. So, you know, I had these kind of opportunities, but I didn't really, you know, take any of them, or I didn't really, you know, capture any of them to really boost my ranking before I got out of school. So, you know, I left school about 2,000 in the world, and obviously I did have a good college career. So there's some people, you know, that were believing in me, but at the same time, it was kind of like, well, you know, you were number one in college, but now you got to start from the bottom and rise back up. And, you know, again, like, I think it's really, I think tennis is a great, it is a great system. I think it, it really rewards those who are independent and, you know, ambitious enough to really chase their dreams and go after them. Um, but at the same time, it just, it doesn't provide any security for them. Like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of school and sign with an organization that would, you know, allow me to develop my game through a two or three year span, which is, you know, really what you need. I mean, you know, for me at UCLA, it was like, I, uh, you know, I was a good player my freshman, sophomore, junior year, you know, I was, you know, I hovered around like 30 in the country, you know, got to the, you know, semis, finals of NCAAs, but, you know, I really, you know, figured everything out my senior year. And that was, you know, 
three years after my initial, you know, time at UCLA. So if you kind of, you know, figure that maybe on a little bit shortened scale because you're a little bit more mature when you leave school. So, you know, let's talk about maybe a year and a half to three-year scale. You know, that time is really important, you know, to that time of development. You see it in every other sport. They sign, you know, they sign players to a contract, you know, three-year deal, four-year deal, whatever it is, rookie two-year deal. So, and that's, that's basically an organization saying, we believe in you, you know, we're going to give you the necessary funds, necessary resources to really, you know, give yourself a chance to be an elite athlete because we believe in you. With tennis, there is none of that. There is just, you know, you're on your own, good luck. And because all your money comes from endorsements and sponsorships, when you go through a hot period, you're crushing it. You're like, I'm making money. I'm feeling good. Everyone loves me. It's awesome. When you go through a cold period, you think the world's about to end. You, I have no money and no one thinks I'm any good. You know, I don't have any chance, any way to get to the next tournament. You know, it can really get, you know, depressing. So I kind of saw that and, you know, put together this deal that I was talking about and, you know, traveled with my coach from, you know, June to, November, you know, won that futures tournament, played a lot of other tournaments, did did well. You know, I was kind of on like a two to three tournament a month schedule. Um, and then, you know, capped my year off with that performance in Champagne, which was probably the best tournament of my life so far, which is where I made the semifinals of that challenger in Champagne, beat like, you know, two basically top 100 guys. They were like 101 and 109 at the time. So, you know, that was really great. And, uh, you know, kind of called 2015 – a year after those six months and I had risen from 2000 in the world to, I think I was about 440 at the end of the, at the end of that year. So I was like, just really happy with my progress. Um, and you know, I was having a great time and, uh, you know, I got invited to all these great training camps over the off season with USTA and Carson and just like, it, it really, you know, felt like I was, you know, breaking you know the barrier of professional tennis and you know giving myself a chance to to play with the best guys I mean I was training with you know Steve Johnson Taylor Fritz Tia Donaldson TFO like all those guys and you know to for me you know to be in that situation you know after everything that I've been through is it, it was really cool for me it was you know such a great experience and then uh, so we started off 2016 and uh, that would be my first kind of like full total year on tour well I would hope um you know going into it and uh started off played really well in the USC futures got to the semifinals there and kind of was you know really on a great path um and then you know kind of the reality of things started to set in it was like okay like you know I'm playing really well but you know how do we keep it going you know my coach at the time was or the one that I was traveling with last year you know it was, it was really expensive to keep him around. And, you know, even, even though I put together this deal, I was kind of like, well, you know, maybe it would be best to, you know, save a little money here and kind of, you know, maybe make a little bit more wise financial decisions than, you know, paying this guy X amount of money for, you know, a week, which was, you know, it's a sizable amount of money to get a, you know, a 30 year old, 40 year old man to, <laughs> to travel with you. I mean, that's, he's got a family, sure. so he has to support them. I mean, it's, it's a big expense. So, you know, I kind of decided to go with some more free coaching from the USTA and kind of just, you know, kind of try and figure it out myself. And uh, I think, you know, I went through a, tiny, just a lot of close matches. You know, I went to the Dallas Challenger, lost to Ernesto Escobedo, like in a 6-4, 7-6. And then, you know, kind of just had these really close matches that didn't quite fall my way. And, you know, did a, did a trip to, the, you know, Israel kind of area and, you know, played – three tournaments there, lost like two, seven, six in the third. So just really just kind of, you know, good matches, but just kind of unfortunate, you know, endings for me. And uh, I remember coming back from that trip and I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, I'm a little out of sorts. You know, I haven't really gone through this, this period of losing since I've been on tour. I've really kind of been cruising and playing really well. So, you know, and that happens. You go through hot streaks, you go through cold streaks and, uh, Unfortunately, this cold streak kind of, you know, lasted a while and I didn't really know how to get out of it. You know, I was still obviously really enjoying myself, but it was just kind of like, well, how do I get to this next level? You know, I've gotten to about 400 in the world. How do I get to, you know, 300, 200 and keep going? Um, and 
just you know kind of lost my way a little bit and was playing tournament after tournament after tournament just really getting into that grind and uh you know i kind of realized i did this you know six week trip to asia which was an amazing trip you know went all over the place but as far as like i was really having you know a great time but as far as the tennis goes like i was just kind of I, I was kind of uninspired. I didn't really have an answer for, you know, how I was going to break through. I kind of just got stuck. And, you know, that kind of 300-ish range is where I, I see a lot of, you know, my my comrades get stuck. You know, a lot of people that are great players, you know, they kind of just stall out in that area. So I kind of was like, okay, you know, I don't want to just keep pushing myself into the ground. Um, so I, you know, kind of took a step back and I was like, you know, what can I do to remedy this? And, uh, you know, hired uh, Rickus de Villiers as a coach, who was a volunteer assistant at UCLA. And we traveled together for the rest of the summer. This was June or July when I hired him. And we traveled together until basically the end of August. Um, and that kind of reinvigorated things. I started playing really well again. Uh, I got to the, like a couple of quarterfinals of Futures, made second round at Aptos Challenger, lost to Bjorn Frontangelo. Um, and was kind of, you know, getting back on pace, basically. And then, you know, that was the point that I realized, well, you know, this deal I put together, um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of starting to run out of money. Like, you know, we raised about 200 grand and, you know, I spent that in, in about 14, 15 months, um, because that's, you know, that's what the, the tour costs basically. And, uh, so I was like, okay, like it's, you know, that's starting to run out and, uh, you know, what is going to be the next step for me? And because, you know, I was, I had really turned things around and started to really kind of feel it again and play well. But because I had gone through that cold streak for a bit, you know, it was one of those things where everyone was like, well, I mean, do you still have what it takes to make it? And I'm like, well, I think I do, but, you know, and I think, you know, you think I do, it's just a matter of, you know, are you willing to give me the resources to actually to prove that? And it kind of became just a point where it didn't really make sense anymore because I didn't, you know, I love the game, but, you know, I can't be investing, you know, at this point in my life, I really can't afford to invest, you know, 50 to a hundred grand of my own money into myself. Um, you know, mainly because I haven't, you know, since I've graduated from college, I've been, you know, playing professional tennis, which hasn't, you know, been giving me a steady, you know, 70, 80 grand a year. Uh, it's been quite a lot less than that. So, you know, I wasn't, you know, it's not like I was hurting financially necessarily, but I wasn't really able to make, you know, a large, a large sum investment into my career either. So, you know, I kind of, it got to the point where I was like, well, you know, it's pretty much either at this point I have to invest my own funds or, you know, I have to call it quits. And that was kind of a, you know, a tough position for me to be in because I had done so well throughout my entire career. You know, I was finally, you know, on the pro tour, you know, really giving it a shot, you know, where I would always dreamed I, I wanted to be when I was a kid, but, you know, financially it just didn't make sense, you know, to be, and even if it did, I mean, even if I was, you know, making decent money, it's like, I would have been doing it in a way that, you know, it would, it got stale kind of, I mean, even when I was, you know, traveling in like Asia, for example, you know, I was, I was really enjoying my travels, but the, the tennis itself was just getting really stale and there was no way to kind of, you know, jumpstart it and make it, you know, you know, I, I don't know if your fans have ever seen me play or listeners have ever seen me play, but you know, you can tell like if I'm, you know, if, if I'm feeling good and I'm, you know, happy and I'm, you know, really in the zone, like it's, uh, I'm an energetic guy, charismatic guy, you know, I'm loud. It's, you know, you can tell. And when I'm not like that, and, you know, I feel like, you know, things are getting stale. It's, it's just not as, it's not as fun for me. It's not as fun for those watching. And, uh, it just kind of became, you know, I think, I think this doesn't really make sense anymore. So in September of, you know, last year, I decided, okay, I think, I think that might be it. And, uh, I got some, you know, really good opportunities, business opportunities and, you know, in other ventures. And I was like, well, let's, let's give this a shot. And, uh, you know, kind of stepped away from the game completely for about a month and a half. Um, and, you know, I had some really cool things going, you know, it was, it was really cool to, you know, immerse myself into, you know, the world of business more because I really hadn't had time to, you know, make investments other than my tennis because that took up such a, you know, a large portion of my, my funds and, and money and, uh, kind of, uh, time. 
So, you know, to kind of look at other deals, look at other businesses, you know, focus on my writing. I was a creative writing major at UCLA, so I was able to do a few projects with that. You know, it was really cool. Like, it, it kind of gave me a, a different slice of life that I hadn't experienced before. You know, I kind of woke up after a month and a half, and I was like, you know, this is this is great, but it's just, you know, it's not as inspiring to me as tennis was. And, you know, playing it, just being a part of it, you know, I really do love the sport. It's always been that way for me. Um, so I kind of started, you know, hitting again, just, you know, playing here and there. And then I got, you know, put back in touch with one of my old, you know, friends kind of, he never really coached me, but he was a coach in the LA area. And he was talking to me about the fact that he wants to put together this, you know, this new tennis company, which is, you know, basically the goal of it is to, you know, unite the tennis community, unite the American tennis community in a way that, you know, keeps keeps interest from the fans from the longtime fans but also presents it in a you know a new way to get kind of my generation more interested in the sport which i think is a big thing because you know even i mean growing up around la like you know i was able to meet a lot of people and make a lot of friends and they liked tennis because i was involved in it but otherwise i mean if i asked any of these guys about you know tennis, you know, new, the new age of tennis, Isner, Query, Jack Sock, like all those guys, they would have no idea who I'm talking about. They would maybe know Federer, and if you threw in a name like, you know, McEnroe or Borg or something like that, they'd be like, oh, yeah, my parents would talk about them. That's cool. But that's kind of, you know, how it, how it changed, in my opinion. Like, you know, that, you know, you know, maybe your generation, you know, the parents of, you know, my friends were like, oh, you know, we love tennis but it didn't really transfer to their kids. They kind of were like, oh, tennis is just one of those sports that, you know, no one cares about. And, you know, that kind of made me sad because it, it is such a great sport. And if I was able to bring any of those people to a tennis match, they would be like, wow, this is amazing. But because the marketing of it is so, you know, I want to say poor, but just not you know, exciting enough. It's after, Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. And, so, you know, they didn't really know about it. They weren't interested in it until, you know, something sparked them. So it had always been kind of my goal to, you know, that's kind of why I act you know, the way I do on the court is because I, I like to make it a little entertaining. You know, I like to make it fun for me and for the people watching. Because um, that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's sport, it's a sport, it's entertainment. I mean, that's, that's how you should see it. Um, and, you know, so it's always been my, you know, goal to get as many people involved as possible, you know, to get the word out there for all my matches, that kind of thing. And so, you know, this, this guy that I've met before, he was like, Hey man, like, this is what we're trying to do. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do with tennis. Like, you know, I want to, I want to create a, a community of Americans that are really involved in the sport and that kind of community and that, you know, interest and that, you know, mar that, you know, sponsorships, marketing, all that kind of, you know, comes together under one umbrella. So we started brainstorming about this and it kind of became, you know, something that was very real. And I was, you know, we had, get, we had been getting a lot of support from, you know, ex pros, American pros, um, you know, a lot of coaches, just, you know, just pretty much everyone that we dropped the idea to. And, uh, so, you know, I kind of started working on that and just kind of hitting more and more because I was getting back involved in the tennis world, but still wasn't, you know, totally set on making my return to pro tennis. And, uh, you know, now we're at the stage with the company where it's really starting to take off. And uh, the company is called Tenacity. Um, we have a website up. It's called tenacity.com. It's very basic right now, but, uh, you know, it's it's really incredible how, how much it's moving along, and we're really excited for this year to, to really launch things, and uh, hopefully I'll be talking about it a lot more in the future. Still definitely in infancy stages, but, you know, we've just secured a really big partnership that's going to help us, you know, kind of do exactly how we want to do it. And, you know, a big part of that that we decided that we wanted to bring to the game was this kind of, you know, American ten American Tennis Champions Fund that gave players, like I was saying earlier, the chance to develop themselves over, you know, a two-year span, a three-year span, to give them the time it takes to really, you know, make inroads on the professional tour. Um, and, you know, the big, the big part of that that I also feel is super important is, you know, it's, it's about tennis and it's about using tennis as a platform, but it is exactly that. It's using tennis as a platform for the rest of your life, you know, 
to be a professional tennis player, great. If you become number one in the world, great. But, you know, we want to make it so you're, while you're on your road to become number one in the world, you're also gaining the valuable skills that make, you know, great leaders, great entrepreneurs, great business people. You know, whatever it is that you decide that you want to, you know, focus your efforts in outside of the court, it's, it's going to be this kind of development process that really aids that. So, you know, we kind of put together this champions fund that, you know, would allow, we're hoping right now to start out with about three, three players and a couple, a couple support, uh, you know, like a coach or like a manager, you know, something, someone that can support you on the road, two of those people and three players is kind of our initial thought right now. And so, right. And I mean, so for this year, you know, it kind of just, if we're going to create this fund, I mean, what better person, you know, started off than me. So, that kind of totally you know, I agree, Clay. re-inspired me. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Totally well, that's, that's where me. you and, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's where you were when you and I connected uh, back in October. I, I saw you in Malibu at the Oracle event, the collegiate event, and yep. you were working with Tenacity and um, had stopped playing professionally at that point and we're 100% devoted to working on this project and then all of a sudden um, you know I saw that you were back out on the tour and it, I was so excited to see your name and and I want to just say to my listeners if you have a chance to go out and watch Clay play please take advantage of it and as he described he is so entertaining on the court he is um He's very passionate about his tennis and and about providing an amazing experience for the viewers and and those in attendance. So so please keep an eye out for him if there are events around you that you can have a chance to watch him play. But Clay, one of the things that has impressed me about you from the first time I met you is you are a very introspective guy and. To look at you, one would not make that assumption about you. Um, and for those of you who haven't had the chance to, to see Clay, he he looks like your stereotypical Southern California surfer dude. He's tall and tan and, you know, has long hair and, and he, you know, when, and then you sit down and talk to him and he's a poet and a philosopher and is very thoughtful about many different topics. And I feel like that has served you well in your tennis and is now continuing to serve you well as you branch out from just being a tennis player to being a tennis businessman. Can you talk a little bit about that, where your writing fits into all this, where your philosophical leanings fit into all of this and, you know, how the tennis marries with your creative writing. Yeah. Um, you know, tennis is, I think, one of the best platforms that I've, that I've been able to, to find for creating, you know, problem solving kind of these, you know, individual skills, giving you really a sense of maturity at a young age and so like tennis is such a great platform for all these things. And it really teaches you invaluable life skills. I think just the kind of the innate nature of it does that, but it also kind of breeds, you know, maybe a little bit too much self-reliance and kind of, you know, individuality, which is part of the greatness of it. But, you know, a lot of, I think, you know, a lot of tennis players, especially juniors that I meet, you know, are, are kind of shy, very, you know, introspective introverts which you know i'm i'm cool with and i think that really you know that that's you know a great skill that you learn from it but at the same time you need to learn to you know how to use those skills kind of on the outside as well how to bring that to the you know to the rest of the world because you know in order to be you know an entrepreneur or you know just successful in life in general you need to be able to interact with the outside world and so tennis teaches you all these great skills that you really keep within you and I think, you know, a lot of players struggle with getting it out of them and into the world um, and having that confidence to really, you know, bring the skills that they've learned through tennis into the rest of their lives. And I think that's where, 
you know, growing up in LA really helped me and being around so many different, you know, creative people, successful people, um, you know, that kind of helped me bring that out. But the thing that really helped me bring it out was, you know, the writing, I think, you know, that because I was so shy at a young age, you know, I was able to kind of, you know, find my voice in my writing, definitely. And, uh, you know, kind of bring my, you know, introverted thoughts that, you know, don't really leave my body and kind of just, you know, cross my mind when I'm playing or, you know, in any other part of my life, I was able to bring those thoughts to life basically and kind of, you know, give myself, you know, a sense of, I guess, purpose to, to the rest of the world. And that's kind of what, you know, that's kind of what I'm, I feel like I'm doing now and kind of what I felt like I've been doing my whole professional career is kind of, you know, using my own, you know, tennis talent to, kind of bring hopefully a, a broader perspective to the American audience. You know, if, you know, one of the great examples that I like to give is, you know, my goal, sure, you know, to win a grand slam, be top 10 in the world, that's all great. But my goal really is, you know, to entertain as many people as I can with my tennis and to hopefully provide, you know, a kind of role model figure for, you know, a kid that wants to, you know, go down the same path as I do and wants to pursue professional tennis, but doesn't, doesn't know if, you know, it makes financial sense, doesn't know if it makes, you know, the time and commitment sense. So, you know, for me, it's like, I want to be, you know, kind of, you know, an, a figure that, that demonstrates that you can, you know, have a great high school, you know, life with, with all your close friends. And then, you know, go to college and get a great education and meet a lot of great people and also, you know, stay at the top of the tennis game and then hopefully transition that into the professional level as well. Um, and just kind of, you know, again, it's, it's using tennis as a lifestyle. And that's kind of the whole idea behind the Champions Fund that we're working on now is just, you know, if you love tennis, then it, it teaches you enough skills that will be worth its while for sure. It's just a matter of, you know, giving it the time and, uh, you know, just putting in the work to, to make it, to make it all come together because it's not something you're not going to pick up tennis for, you know, five years and, and get everything you can out of it. It's, it's a lifelong sport for a reason. You know, it, it teaches you, you know, I, I guess I can't really say because I mean, I played a little bit of, you know, basketball and baseball and all those team sports when I was a kid, but I never really got too much into them, but just an individual sport like, like tennis, it teaches you, it teaches you so much. Um, and I guess I can't compare it to a team sport because I don't know enough about it, but just the skills that it gives you, I mean, it's, it's really great. And, you know, it is something that you can keep learning, you know, every single day of your life until you can't walk anymore. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's very late in your life. So, you know, you, that's, you can't say the same thing about, you know, about a lot of other sports. So, you know, it's for me, it's just, I really enjoy playing it. I really enjoy the game and I really enjoy the lessons that it gives you. And I want to, I want to kind of, you know, spread those lessons and spread that enjoyment for the game across as many people as I can. Some of your UCLA teammates are out on the tour with you now. Um, Marcos, your own, as you mentioned, Matthew McDonald's out there. Jen Brady just had an amazing Australian Open. Amazing, yeah. Shout out to, uh, shout I out mean, to Jenny for sure. I mean, that was so fun to watch. Um, so it was, yeah. How, how does that play into your commitment, your enthusiasm toward playing as opposed to being involved on the business side? I mean, when you see your teammates out there grinding away and having success, does that light a fire under you, or do you just say yay for them and I'm going to keep chugging along my path? Or, you know, what what impact does that have? It definitely lights a fire under me. I mean, and, you know, when I see, you know, like Ernesto Escobedo getting the second round of Australian Open, I used to train with him like every single day. You know, all these guys, Kudla, you know, Sock, all guys that I used to play back in the day. I mean, that definitely, I mean, you know, lights a competitive fire under me. And, you know, I love to see them doing well. Um, and then, you know, seeing like Jenny, seeing Marco, seeing Mackie, you know, these people that, you know, are such great players and, you know, didn't finish college, that kind of inspires me to, you know, you know, from a business standpoint to really put together something that can help these people, you know, 
So, I mean, probably don't even need my help at this point, but, you know, help them, you know, maybe to help someone like them, you know, in the future, because, you know, I know, you know, of all those names you just mentioned, you know, Marcos, Jenny, you know, all those people, you know, they have gone through a point where they've been on the tour, you know, Jenny had surgery, had like a stress fracture, Marcos had surgery on his hips, you know, they've gone through a time where they probably felt, am I going to be able to do this? You know, am I, is this going to be able to happen for me? And that's, you know, when you've put, you know, all this time into the sport and, you know, you decided not to get your degree, you decided to totally pursue it. You know, Jenny, you know, grew up, you know, basically in an academy in Florida her whole life, you know, it's like, it, it can get really scary. I think, you know, it can get really like, well, if I did put all this effort into it, you know, and, you know, maybe I just, I took one wrong step on the court one day and, you know, I injured myself for four months and it, it's at such a critical time and I don't have the resources to really give myself a long-term shot. So, you know, this may end before it even begins for me. And, you know, that really inspires me to, you know, not just get on the court and compete with those people, but to really, you know, kind of help come up with a solution that, you know, okay, you know, you got injured, you know, Derek Rose, you know, Derek Rose was injured, you know, Kobe was injured, like, you know, whatever. Like, I'm sure there's, a lot of great athletes that were injured at one point in their lives and then, you know, was able to get over that and, you know, kind of transcend through that. And, uh, you know, I think if, if tennis doesn't give someone the opportunity to do that or the opportunity to fail before succeeding, you know, that, like I said, it can, it can end before it even begins. So, uh, yeah, and, I mean, and just competitively so... it definitely lights a fire under me, but go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just so people understand, um, because, you know, listening to you talk, the the logical question would be, well, isn't that USTA's job? I mean, they're the governing body of tennis in the United States. Aren't they charged with taking care of these players as they come on tour and, you know, and make their way? And, and the answer is, for some players, they take on that responsibility, but not for every player coming out. And I think what you're talking about is filling in the gap there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, filling in the gap and it just, I mean, kind of creating an inclusive environment. I mean, for me, like, you know, the USDA has definitely offered up a lot of their, you know, resources for me to use. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, And I really think, you know, Martin Blackman is doing an incredible job. I really like him. He's really, you know, he's focusing on this kind of Team USA, you know, idea, which is getting all the American guys, you know, included and, you know, working together. And that's that's the big part right there is just that community aspect. Because, like, for me, you know, I was, you know, number two in the country as a junior, number one in the country is in college. But when I came out of college and was struggling for a bit, there was really no one there to support me. Um, you know, the USDA would say, okay, you know, we got these coaches for you, you can use them. But, you know, the, the coaches that the USDA has are, are on salary and, you know, they're, they're doing their thing, you know, their, their life doesn't change whether or not you're succeeding, whether or not you're failing. Um, so they just don't have that same kind of, you know, we're there for you kind of, you know, mentality. And, you know, it's, I'm not saying they're doing a bad job because they're not, it's just, it's just a tough, you know, it's a tough place to be because of the nature of tennis. Um, and so that's why, you know, they have their, you know, the USDA focuses purely on tennis. That's how it should be. They're the United States Tennis Association, you know, tenacity, you know, what we want to do is we want to focus on tennis, but like I said, tennis is a platform for other things, you know, but, title sponsor that we're going to have hopefully will, you know, be recruiting, um, you know, for their, for, you know, these people, once they're the, once they're done with the, on the tour, they'll go straight into good jobs. And that's kind of what we want. You know, we want to promote just all the skills that you can get from tennis, you know, in every part of your life, basically. So, you know, it's just, it's just, because it's an individual sport, you can feel like there's no one there for you. You can feel like, you know, the, your, your tennis life is ending and, you know, it's really important to to have an answer for that and to have a little bit more security and sustainability, which, you know, unfortunately isn't really presented in the current market. Five years from now, where do you see yourself? Oh, wow. What a question. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a vice guy. I live, I live <laughs> day, day by day. <laughs> um, you don't, 
I mean, I in, mean a, in, a, a in a perfect world, you know, what, uh, <laughs> um, in a perfect world, I'd really like to, you know, spend a few more years on the tour promoting, you know, this champions fund and, and tenacity as a whole. I really would love to do that. And then, you know, after my playing days are over, I, I really want to go back to school and, you know, get an MFA and hopefully creative writing or maybe, you know, English literature. I'm not sure exactly, you know, which route I'll take with that, but I definitely would like to get my master's, um, maybe even look into film school, but I think I would prefer an MFA in, in writing. Um, so I definitely, you know, I want to play for a few more years at least. I want to go back to school, get a master's degree, and then, you know, I really – I want, I want to stay around the tennis community. I really do. Um, you know, that's, that's if I don't, uh, alienate myself from the rest of society and just live on a, a ranch in Ojai and, and write poems. But, you know, there's, there's two <laughs> different ways it can go here. <laughs> We've got about four minutes left. So this is my last question to you. When you are an old guy and you're looking back on your tennis career, what will make you say it was a success? I think what what will say it's a success is to really be able to look back on, you know, the matches I've played, the experiences that I've had, and, you know, just pictures, videos, any type of memorabilia that can really just, you know, say, you know, this is me, this is me having, you know, fun, doing it my way, and just playing for the enjoyment of playing. And that's kind of how I've always been, you know, I'd I'm not doing it for, you know, to be a big shot tennis player, you know, famous guy. I'm not doing it to be, you know, a multi-millionaire. If I was doing it for either of those things, I would have chosen a more sensible path than tennis. You know, I do it purely because I really enjoy playing the game and I really enjoy, you know, the feeling of trying to beat someone as bad as they're trying to beat you. You know, that's, that's a cool, that's a cool thing. And, you know, that competitive spirit is, that's, you know, that's what tennis is all about. And that feeling, you know, that you really get when you're in an intense match and you're doing everything you can to possibly beat the guy, you know, that's, that's the magic of the sport right there. Um, And for me, you know, just to look back at, you know, my career with a fondness for all the things, all the places I went, all the good times I had on the court. um, That's, that's a success for me. I mean, if I, let's say I get to number one in the world, you know, make a ton of money and you know I I look back on it and I say well I didn't really enjoy it that much you know once I got to a certain point you know like a like an Agassiz story or something like that you know I, I don't think I would be happy with that as, as much you know I I really value just purely the enjoyment of it and uh, as long as I can look back on it and say you know I did it my way you know I I did it the way that I thought was the best for me I didn't you know get influenced by anyone else in too, too, you know, major, major of a way, you know, I, I kept to my own ideals and my own, you know, my own philosophies and, you know, did it, did it my way and had a lot of fun. As long as I can say that, I'm, I'm happy. Where is your next tournament? Where and when? So right now we're like fully, I'm fully like immersed in in creating this fund and we're really close to having it completely launched. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, I, I played the two futures, uh, around here in January just cause they were so close and I was able to kind of, you know, work on, you know, different things while I was, you know, playing those. Um, but as far as traveling, I'm hoping to be kind of full, fully back on the tour. I'm hoping to kind of sneak into Indian Wells. We'll see about that. Um, we'll see if that ends up happening. So that's kind of, you know, the first tournament that I'm looking at right now as a possibility is Indian Wells. And then. After that, I'm hoping to pretty much be back on a full-time schedule in April. Awesome. Well, wishing you all the best with your tennis and with tenacity. And we'll be keeping an eye out for you. And uh, I look forward to watching you play if you come down my way or if we wind up in the same city as I'm traveling around too. And um, I always, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, Clay. And um, I thank you so much for taking time out and getting up early to be with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And again, you know, I think I mean what you're doing with this with this blog and this radio show is really great for tennis and 
you know, every, every single person that's listening, you know, thank you for being involved in the sport. Thank you for being a fan of the sport. Um, you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. It's all, it's all about, you know, the interest of tennis and, you know, the community of it. So thank you all. And uh, thanks Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thank you. To my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. It's been a great time chatting with Clay, and we have lots of great shows coming up in the future, so stay tuned. We'll see you next week on Parenting Aces.